Does heaven have limited capacity? Who can make it into heaven? What kind of people are they? And would you want to be this group of people? Find out on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Welcome to this episode of Inverse. We are in the middle of Revelation. And episode by episode, we have been so blessed to really getting new insights, even for ourselves who've been studying this for about a very long time and just learning a lot more every time we read, read the Bible. That blessing in chapter 1, verse 3 is really coming to fruition. True. So, Sebastian, can you pray for us? And we'll get into chapter 7. Absolutely. Let's pray. Father in heaven, what a privilege it is to continue to study your word. Lord, it is true, as the book has promised, that we are blessed because we have read it. And Lord, it is our prayer that you would help us to keep it. Amen. We pray that through your spirit, you may teach us and guide us into all truth, just as Jesus promised, is our prayer from our hearts in Christ's name. Amen. 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 Kelly, we're in the middle of chapter, not the middle of chapter 7. We're in the middle of the book of Revelation, yes. chapter 7, <laughs> verse 1 to 3. And can you read that about this special group of people? Yes. After these things, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, on the sea, or on any tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, and he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, Do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. Smash, can you read verse 4 for us? And I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed. And verse 5, 6, and 7, and 8, you see some of the tribes there. Mm-hmm. Um, let's look at, uh, well, let's, let me ask Jared, what's going on in this chapter? Set, us, set, set, up, set up the conversation. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, this is one of Revelation's interludes, mm-hmm. right? You have here uh, from chapter 6, which we just studied, going through this different seals, first seal, second seal, third seal. You go all the way up to the sixth seal, and then it's like it segues into, hey, let's, let's explore this territory because it asks a question at the end of chapter 6. The great day of God's wrath has come. Who will be able to stand? Mm-hmm. So then the, 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 the focus, the gaze shifts to talk about people whose characters are fireproof and that they will be able to stand by the grace mm-hmm. of God through mm-hmm. these challenging times in the last days. You ever talk to somebody and maybe, you know, I've, I've talked to some, 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 some individuals of, of much more experience and elder years and then sometimes <laughs> they tell a story, yeah? And they tell the story and they go around and then they have like a, they, they go on something and have a tangent and they go on this and they have another tangent and they go on that and sometimes they're, they're so way off the, the original story. And there's this one guy that I was talking to. I'm like, and I'm just, I'm just totally zoning out. <laughs> and sometimes when we read the book of Revelation, we, we, we sort of zone out. But the, the brilliance of this man was he was going so far out. And then in the last five minutes, he totally brought it in again. And that when he brought it in, all those subtangents were like building on top of each other. And he was telling this brilliant story at the end. I was like, this was not this old man just kind of <laughs> talking off the cuff. Yeah. He was 
it's masterpiece of a story. <laughs> and, and it's just kind of like what Revelations, we're going to Revelation. I mean, we're, mm-hmm. it's kind of one of those, like, those dreams. We have a dream within the dream and a dream within the dream and the dream. And the, it's, <laughs> what I'm trying to get at is this, this is organized yes. and this is a divine book. And I also think that it's, it, it makes sense to take a tangent at this point mm. because that's such a huge question. Like, the wrath of the Lamb has come. Mm. Who's able to stand? Mm. Because it's one thing to describe this wrath, but you'd be thinking to yourself, like, man, if that comes when I'm alive, how do I know which side I'm going to be on? Yeah. And I think that's really the fundamental question of the Christian life. Is yeah. like, it's not how you start, it's how you end. Yeah. And I think this really kind of purposefully and wisely answers that question before we progress into more prophecy and extending into the book of the Revela- the book of revelation yeah maybe to get sebastian and callie up on on, on this uh, same page i mean in our last episode we were looking at the six seals and i don't know about you but if you haven't watched it go back pause this episode go to the other episode and then play that one because that was jared i mean you were there it was an awesome episode i was blessed by that yeah and then it. the whole point is jesus is on the throne and he is in control. And even when the church looks like it's, there's just God is not in control, God is still under control. Mm-hmm. And then this question is found in chapter 6, verse 17, as Sebastian, as you said, who is able to stand? And boom, here we're going into a tangent, but not this superfluous tangent, but a very pertinent tangent about this special group. What is so special about this group? What are some characteristics of this, this, this people here? Sebastian. Well, I think one of the first things you see that the Bible describes them as being sealed. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this idea of sealing kind of relates to the idea of ownership in the Bible. You know, this stamp of not only approval, but this stamp of complete ownership. Like this belongs to God. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a certain level of complete surrender and giving over of themselves to God. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really where, you know, we struggle on a day-to-day basis is building up to being a part of this number is really about daily practicing, giving myself over to God Mm -hmm. and surrendering to his ownership. Like Sebastian, your money is God's money. Your Mm -hmm. children are God's children. Mm -hmm. This work is God's work. And I think as we learn to do that, this quality lets us know just from the idea of sealing and ownership that I can literally practice day by day to prepare to be a part of that number. If I'm practicing daily to allow God to seal me in the sense of, making myself his prize and precious possession, mm-hmm. and I'm surrendering so to Sebastian him. mentioned sealing. Callie, yeah. what, what is this seal? Is this a barcode on our foreheads <laughs> or an yes. RFID chip yep, on our both. left hand? Or re- oh, both. it is? It okay. Is. Well, we're not going to invite you to come on Inverse ever again. What's going on here? Um, so sealing, as you know, Sebastian was talking about, is, is ownership. Okay. Um, and I'm sorry, but I want to segue away really quick just yep. about that. Is in verse 3 again, you're asking verse about three the characteristics. Verse 3 of chapter 7. Yeah, yeah the uh-huh. characteristics of these people. Mm-hmm. And a characteristic I see here is that God is saying, don't let this harm and destruction come until these people are sealed. Mm-hmm. And it just reminds me of Sodom and Gomorrah, of, you know, even there's these righteous people, like, I'm not going to destroy this place until my people are safe. Mm-hmm. And so God isn't like, well, most of them messed up, so let's just wipe all of them out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but God's like, all of the people who have chosen me, all of the people who have surrendered to me, I want to make sure they're safe. And then I'll get to judgment because I need to because my character demands it. But like, first, <laughs> we, mm-hmm. need to, we need to keep everyone safe who has chosen me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just appreciate God's promises, even in the midst of, you know, this, the scary book, right, we've said, of revelation and judgment, but like, I was like, first, my people need to be yeah, safe. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. so it is ownership, and how does God define that these people are his, Jared? Like, what is, what is this actual seal? Let's get into the actual mechanics of it. Um, 
That's a good question, man. I'm not prepared for that, but I'm just thinking of like, <laughs> I'm just straight up. Okay. Uh, ceiling is God putting his mark. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it for the Well, yeah, no, of, no. Of Revelation, Revelation has, has the seal of God and the mark of the beast. beast. And yeah. you have these two entities that are trying to say, this one's mine, that one's mine, this one's mine, what this one's mine. So what is what are these marks? What are these seals? And how do you differentiate ownership of these? I, Isaiah says, talks about the sealing of God's law among yes, his okay. disciples, right? Yes. So what we're talking about here. We are there. Are we tracking You are there. Yes. All right. So we're, so we're talking about essentially obedience to God's law yes. and submission to him. <laughs> this, this is something that, that uh, Revelation talks about in another place too. I don't know mm-hmm. if you want to go there yet. It's looking like you're, you're going there anyway. So where are you there? Can we go to Revelation 14? Yeah, that's for sure. Let's go there. Revelation 14? Yeah. And the first, the first passage here, it's talking about the 144,000. Okay. And it, and it describes them. Um, so in Revelation 14, the 144,000 are actually named the 144,000. And there's correlation with chapter 7 because you have 12 uh, tribes of 12,000 each. So this is the same group of people. Correct. Okay, just trying to Correct. Help you. Yep. Yep. So here they are. They're standing on Mount Zion. Yes. Right? They're standing there with the Lamb, with Jesus, 144,000. Here's, here's a huge thing, okay, getting back to ownership. They have the Father's name written in their foreheads, yes. okay? That means, essentially, God has reproduced his character of love and righteousness, the character of Jesus, in their life. He's written his name, mm-hmm. in, essentially, in their mind. So this isn't a little barcode that people are tattooing, you know, Jesus on their forehead or Yahweh on their forehead. This is actually their mind going mm-hmm. on. And I love what you're saying about the, the law. This isn't just law-keeping for the sake of law-keeping, but Correct. this is true heart, uh, what, the, what the heart of the law is and the character of God being reproduced. Yeah. And this, I think, is ultimately represented in the Ten Commandments, but the most one of one of the most external commandments, according to Exodus, uh, uh, Ezekiel twenty, verse twenty, is keeping of the seventh day Sabbath. Yep. Yes. So people are keeping the Sabbath not to be saved, but because, but because they are saved. That's right. Yeah. And I think that's a, that needs to be underscored because a lot of people are keeping mm-hmm. the law to be saved, and that that is actually a sign of not the seal. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think that to build off of your point. In the midst of the fourth commandment on the Sabbath, we see this establishment of God as the Lord who created the heavens and the earth, right? His name is in the center of the law. Yes. And as well as the territory, which are all characteristics of a seal back in those days, are all embedded in the fourth commandment. So I think as we get to the mark of the beast, we'll understand how that correlates to what the mark of the beast is, as opposed to their ownership being owned by that false trinity that we're going to study in the future. So I think... Looking at the Sabbath commandment as, a, as the seal of God, literally, by me practicing this, is the one commandment that we're asked to rest, mm. to even further buttress the point that this is not about works, mm. right? That the one day that God asked me to keep holy is the day he asked me to do nothing. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I want you to keep it holy, which means remove all your works. Mm. <laughs> and this holiness is really an issue of being and just resting in God. Come on, preacher. And, and, and another word for that, mm-hmm. you know, I think we, one word for that is rest. Another word for that is grace. Yes. These are people who have fully, full on experienced the grace of Jesus Amen. in a profound way. 
cool. Yes. The, the grace of God. Not grace is just only forgiveness of all your sins, but in addition to that, it's transformative. Yeah. It is. It is uh, uh, just. Just. I'm thinking of the butterfly that's in the cocoon and it becomes goo, <laughs> and then it comes out as a butterfly. You know, yes. like we are butterflies in Jesus. So it's weird. Hmm. But you know, we're transformed. I guess that's what I'm trying to get at. Yes. Amen. The level. The level of spiritual transformation here found going down a little bit further in Revelation 14, yes. verse 4. 14, These four. are ones who were not defiled with women. Okay, that's a, that's a spiritual term, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have to go to Revelation 17 to get the full meaning of that. They're spiritually pure. They're virgins. They follow the lamb wherever he goes. Look at verse 5. In their mouth was found no deceit, for they are without fault before the throne of God. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right, you just, you just read that verse, and there's so much to, to, to unpack there. When we come back after the break, we're going to look at the characteristics of the 144,000. Jared mentioned about virginity and about without fault, and what do those things mean, and what's the real meaning? Come back after the break, and we'll get into defining the characteristics of the 144,000. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Hey, welcome back. I hope you were in suspense for that entire break. Or maybe if you were if you're on the podcast, there is no break. But anyway, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get right back into Revelation 14. So, Jared, let's look at this. We're looking at the 144,000, and there's some of you out there who are wondering: Is this a literal number or not? We're gonna look at that too. But Jared kind of jumped the gun a bit, and we're gonna we're gonna look at those characteristics. They're, they're powerful. Verse four of chapter 14 of Revelation: These are the ones who are not defiled with women, for they are virgins. So. They're talking, they're talking about sexual purity there. Are these 144,000 male eunuchs that have never, are they, is that what it's talking <laughs> never about? Been married, never been married, don't have children. So that eliminates so a lot of us, and you're, you're a female. So, I mean, is that what it's talking about? <laughs> so let's, I'm let's think down. about this. So God says to, in the beginning to Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply yes. and fill the earth. That's his first commandment. Right. So right. for him at the end to say, well, if, if you've obeyed that commandment, you're disqualified <laughs> right. from being a part of this group. Mm. There's in Revelation 17, and we'll go there in a, in a future you know, study, yep. but there is this prostitute woman, right, who persecutes God's people. She has a golden cup full of toxic teachings mm-hmm. that she's infecting people with, and what God is saying is stay away from her, mm-hmm. right? These people are not um, like physically, sexually pure. Right. They're spiritually mm-hmm. pure. And I think that's huge because in the Old Testament, Jeremiah and you find this there you in go. other Old Testament prophets that yeah. whenever God's people were engaging in idolatry, they were described as being an unfaithful woman, yeah. an unfaithful wife. Um, and so this idea of not defiling yourself with women wasn't just that women are bad, yes. right? It was really looking at the spiritual people that we've looked at earlier in the book, like Jezebel yes. yeah. and these kind of things. Like, well, I haven't gotten into any idolatry. Yeah. So this shows the simplicity of their complete and total worship of the one true God. 
and they've never de de So there are things you need to be careful. Them. Number one, there's nothing wrong with women. Absolutely there's not. nothing wrong with sexuality. Amen. Amen. Uh, I don't know why I pointed to you. <laughs> that was not the She's context. Not of woman, so. But, but, <laughs> but some people do see it that way. And But we see here, we hear from the context, the larger context of Scripture. Mm -hmm. We're talking about infidelity, with, a spiritual infidelity mm -hmm. with other other entities yes. that we shouldn't. Okay? I, yes. I was going to say, I no? think that's that's like... The reason that we use this kind of like intimate language is yes. because of how intimately bad idolatry is. Yes. So it's not just like, oh, well, Jesus, I chose someone else. But like, it's like you're literally sleeping with someone else. Yes. So the betrayal and the rebellion is a very deep thing. That magnitude is the same. Yeah. So it's like, how do I explain this morality. to you? It's like you're an idolatry, right. like you're an unfaithful wife. Do you yes. get it now? Right. So. And yeah. the, the flip side is those who are faithful to Jesus are those who, as if they were spiritually pure only for Jesus. That yeah. yes. pure, spiritual purity. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is awesome. Okay, the second one. These are the ones who follow the Lamb wherever He goes. These are redeemed from among men, being first fruits to God and to the Lamb. I mean, I think that's pretty straightforward. We're talking about the Lamb. Uh, this is not a conquering king by force, but through the character of Jesus. Mm -hmm. uh, the gent gent gentility? Gen gentleness of, of gentleness. the Lamb? Yeah, yep. okay. And then verse 5. Okay, so Jared, you <laughs> dropped this bomb. In their mouth was found no deceit, for they are without fault before the throne of God. So are these like mimes that Jesus is is choosing, that they're, just, they're not talking? I mean, <laughs> well, we, it doesn't say that they don't For those don't of you talk. who have been watching Inverse, you know that there's some crazy stuff comes Unix out of our mouths. Mimes. And, <laughs> uni yeah. Mime Unix. Mime Unix. Mimes. I don't want to be part of this 144,000. <laughs> Um, <laughs> what does it mean about our mouths that, that, that he, that's emphasized So here? out of the abundance of the heart, yes. the mouth speaks. Yes. So when it's talking about them not having deceit in their mouth, it's talking about their inward characters, mm -hmm. right? Sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, you hit your, your, your thumb with the hammer or you stub your toe or something happens. And before sometimes you can even think, maybe something is, is coming out of your mouth. That's, that is reflective of what's of, of what's inside, right? Mm. So there's no deceit here. There's no no deception. No nothing untrue that comes from their mouth. And I think they're without fault before God. And sins. I think that's Sebastian? huge in the sense also with the concept of a message, right? They're they're giving whatever message they're giving and proclaiming is one that is grounded in the truth, mm. right? They've never preached anything false. They've never taught anything false. Mm. And I think this is huge because it it shows you that the character of these people are people who are engaged in the same work that Jesus was engaged in as they're following the lamb, mm -hmm. right? There was no guile in his mouth. Mm -hmm. And you remember that Jesus used the similar term to describe Nathaniel under the tree in John chapter one. Mm -hmm. Oh, behold, an Israelite in whom is no guile. Mm -hmm. So there's this sense of he was a truth seeker. Mm -hmm. He was a person that was seeking that which was true and was willing to follow that. Mm -hmm. And that's how Christ described him. And so I see this same attribute being given to these who are following the Lamb mm -hmm. and who are a part of the 144,000. Now, when I, when I look at the 144,000, two questions come to mind. So the first question is, is like, is it literally 144,000? Like, is there a limited capacity here? And if there's 144,000 filled and I'm the 144th, 144,000th first person. Yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. The first person, I'm like, eh, you know, no, no. I'm like, oh, then I'm got to join the other group that I don't want to be a part of. Oh, awkward. Um, the second thing that comes to mind is like, these are lofty characteristics. For sure. I mean, these are like, oh, you know, this, this is like varsity. And I've been playing junior varsity this whole entire time. <laughs> yes. Um, like, 
question is like, is it possible to how? And you know, like, these these are questions that naturally emerge. So first question I, I'll throw out to you guys is, you know, is this a literal number? And and you know, in fact, going back to Revelation seven, twelve thousand from that tribe, twelve thousand from that. Yeah. I mean, what are these tribes and and what are that? Sebastian. Right. So I think when you go back to Revelation seven, you know, you look at a the fact that uh, much of this language is symbolic language, right? So you're looking at the lamb, you're looking at the fact that 12,000 from Naphtali, 12,000 from Simeon, from Gad. It's like, well, we don't know those tribes now. And that Mm -hmm. would suggest literally they're coming from Jewish tribes Mm. who are children of Jacob, which would would be hard to find (laughs) in the world today. Yeah. Um, secondly, you're because deal- the purity of those tribes has now been done completely away with diluted. Your history, yes, exactly. Yeah. So you couldn't say you're purely from Gad or purely from Naphtali or whatever. Okay. I think the second piece that comes into play is these people are also called servants of God. So let's hold back the winds until we seal the servants of our God. So we're going to say that 144,000 are the only people who are serving God, and this is embedded even in certain religions that believe the fact that, oh, well, we have the 104,000, that's already a decided number, mm. and they come up with some other kind of interesting theological gymnastics to get everybody else into heaven mm-hmm. and to be saved. Because if you accept that as a literal number, you got to do a lot of stuff to try to make your religion seem like it still has hope for mm-hmm. anyone. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, no, you don't have these attributes, you don't have this, good luck, you mm-hmm. won't make it inside. Mm-hmm. And I think that the Bible clearly is is equating these two groups together because we see in Revelation 14, they were redeemed. Mm-hmm. Then we go to Revelation 7 and we get to the great multitude and we see this vast multitude that no man could number, yes. et cetera, et cetera, is also redeemed, which is a sign of them wearing those white yeah, garments. Chapter 7, verse 9, I just want to bring a Bible verse there. And After these things I looked. So he hears the 144,000 and he sees, and behold, a great multitude which no one could number. So yes. this is not, this, there's symbolic numbers being used, mm-hmm. but in actual looking at the number, this is a... An infinite number, not, not an infinite number, but yeah. this is a, a large number. numberless group of people. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's and that's yeah. exactly the same correlation in Revelation 1. Mm. John hears a voice behind him, but he turns and looks, mm. right? And this is what he sees. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's kind of funny because my grandmother used to have this saying, you know, I see better than I can hear. And so you, you get into a situation that sometimes <laughs> you're hearing different things, but... When you actually look at it, it's kind of like, wait, this looks completely different than what you thought it was when you just mm-hmm. heard. So to see that constant parallel in Revelation, it's like I hear a voice, cool. but he looks and it's like, very wait, very that's cool. Jesus. Yeah, very cool. Jared? Yeah, I, I, I'm tracking with him in the exact same thing. This is, this is what I've always understood, the, um, the hearing and then the seeing. Yes. What I was going to comment um, just before that was when we're talking about the literal number, um, and looking at the identity here, one of the core characteristics of these are all referred to in the 144,000, they're Jews. Hmm. It's inescapable. Mm-hmm. So then we have to ask the question, is, there, is that a spiritual identity too of a spiritual number, mm-hmm. right? And if we're consistent mm-hmm. and we look at the teachings of the Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 3, he talks about uh, Abraham's, we are Ab- followers of Jesus, are Abraham's seed. Mm. And so heirs according to the same Spiritually Jewish. Spiritually Jewish. So yes. again, not to just drop these verses, but Romans chapter 2. 
at the end of Romans chapter 2 where he's talking about the Jews are preoccupied with external circumcision. Right. It's spiritual circumcision. Of the it's, heart. it's cleanliness right. of the heart. It's not a Jew who's one outwardly. It's one who's been transformed inwardly. Right. Yeah. That's what this is talking right. about. Spiritual Israel. Spiritual purity. In the same line, to feed, if you go to the tribes there, and maybe this was maybe an interesting point, but there's, 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 there's Jews here. You go to verse 5, you see Judah, Reuben, Gad. Yeah, you follow me? Chapter 7, mm-hmm. verse 5. Then verse 6, you have Asher, Naphtali, and then Manasseh. So Manasseh was one of the two children of Joseph, of Joseph right? Mm-hmm. So then his brother should have been is Ephraim. Yeah. But if you look at that list there, Ephraim is not mentioned at all. But Joseph then is. you see in verse 7, Simeon, Levi. Levi was the priestly tribe, never really included in the priest lists, or uh, the tribe lists, mm-hmm. but here he is. And then in mm-hmm. verse 8, you have Zebulun, and then Joseph. So it's like you have the dad, mm-hmm. and then you have the son, but I mean, if if this were a real nicely organized tribe list, you would this this is not a very good tribe list. <laughs> right. Saying so, this is not bloodlines, right? If this were bloodlines, if this were real and literal, yeah. this would totally not make any sense. Dan is not in there, and either. Dan's not in there, and it's Poor not Dan. even in order because so, Judah is not number one. Yeah. Right? If you look at those two, Ephraim had an issue with worshiping idols, and you see that that's 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 totally not a characteristic of the hundred forty four thousand. Yeah. Yes. And you have Dan who has a back. Biter and he had a problem with his mouth, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that goes was back it, with 140,000. Was it in the blessings of 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 his father when yeah. when Jacob's blessing his children? He talked about Dan being like the serpent, the serpent that bites like the that the yeah. feet of the horse or yeah, something yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. So so again, like these these aren't just stories of random people; they're spiritual qualities. Mm-hmm. Powerful point. Spiritual, spiritual. Yeah, great. So I guess the question is that remains is this: so this 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 the, the capacity is not limited. This is an open invitation to all. The second question, though, is: I mean, this these are lofty characteristics. Mm-hmm. Question. Last question for today. How do we become part of the 144,000? Callie. I think the first thing that uh, sticks out to me is in verse 4 of chapter 14. So we already talked about it. 14.4. Yeah, Mm 14.4. So women, virgins. But then these are the ones who follow the lamb wherever he goes. Amen. Um, These were redeemed from among men being first roots to God and to the lamb. It does not say these are the ones who have merited everything by themselves. These (laughs) redeemed themselves from among themselves. Like, it doesn't say that. Um, All of the redemption and all of the following is Mm Christ-centered. And so it's not just that, you know, Jesus redeems us and washes washes us in his blood. He's like, okay, good luck. See you at the end if Mm -hmm. you make it. Mm -hmm. But Jesus constantly covers us and he's the one that gives us grace constantly to constantly help us and constantly prepare progress us and mm-hmm. constantly develop these lofty characteristics and constantly I'm going to keep using the word constantly um, because <laughs> that, that, constantly. that constant constantly. grace gives us that constant obedience yes and that obedience gives for fruit of which everyone can see we will yeah. it'll grace. never come a time that we do not need Jesus mm. and I think that you go from you know the uh, Jesus's discipleship commandment is follow me and I will make you yeah. Mm-hmm. And so to me, that's always the yeah. promise. You follow him, he will transform. I hope you've been obsessed with Jesus in the book of Revelation. That's the theme that emerges time after time. And I don't know about you, it's great to see that the seats of the 144,000 are not limited. This is an open invitation to all of us, all of you, to follow the Lamb wherever he goes. This has been a blessing, uh, blessed, blessed study for me, hopefully for you. We'll see you next week here on Inverse. Thank you.
You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jared Thomas, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.